there, it's time for episode 24 of Engines Under Ursus, called Memory Form. Music in this episode is Bad in Air by 37Hz. Okay, let's go. Previously on Engines Under Ursus. Walt let out a shout as the insect tried to outmaneuver him. Now, Saul! He shouted, swinging at the insect intent on ending his life. But Saul had taken his arm away from the red button for some reason, and did not press it. For that brief moment, Walt wondered had he been set up, had Saul been the android in the middle all along. Walt let out a final shout as the insect dodged the swing of the panel. It headed straight for his right eye. Still, Saul had not pushed the button. Now, Saul! Now! shouted Walt. His deep voice rocked the small room. In the server room, Walt applied the current to the small block of metal. Saul stood inside the red circle, his hand placed over the button. Max it out, ordered Walt. You got it, replied Saul. Saul watched as Walt applied the additional voltage. The spark made a crackling noise, followed by a small bluish-white light. His internal subsystems reported energy fluctuations, but he suppressed them. It's beginning, reported Walt. Saul watched with interest as the block grew a set of legs and ran into the heart of the machine. Memory form, thought Saul immediately. Damn it, muttered Walt, and he took out a small light and began to look into the heart of the machine. Saul immediately picked up a new comms link on his subsystems. Track that new signal, ordered Saul. It is emanating from a memory form, reported his Ansible 3. Connections? asked Saul. Permission denied, replied his unit. Hack it, ordered Saul. Priority override, city net emergency. The suit paused for a minute. Override accepted. Working on it. On Saul's head-up display, another device appeared on his suit. It was an Ansible 3 with the name DS, with an available data feed. Splice me into the data feed, said Saul. Done, replied the suit. In the room, Saul heard the noise of an insect's buzzing wings, but focused on the feed. Can you get me a video uplink? Yes, but it is an internal one only, replied the suit. Do it, ordered Saul. Suddenly, Saul experienced an out-of-body experience as he felt himself looking through the eyes of another Ansible 3 unit. The video feed was streamed from somewhere in the downstairs lobby of the hotel. Saul noticed that the unit named DS was remotely communicating with the memory form, which Walt had tracked down. The android named DS walked into an office off the check-in desk where Spyro was sitting, and closed the door behind it. Spyro looked terrified as he looked up at the android, who was standing over him. Another voice joined in unexpectedly. Saul realized that the android had a companion who spoke up first, but could not see him. We told you what would happen if you squealed. We don't like squealers, said the other voice. A small set of hands reached forward, but the android slapped them away. Leave him be. He's mine, said the android. No, no, please. I, I, I didn't tell them anything, pleaded Spyro. They found the memory form with your help, insisted the android. No, no, please. I I have a family. I, I have young children. Too bad for them. 
Daddy's not coming home tonight, replied the android. But then it paused, as if it had been interrupted by something. Didn't anyone tell you it's rude to stare? Saw E-242, said the android. It's time for you to go. Show's over. The remote video link suddenly dropped, and Saul's unit came under a sustained denial-of-service attack. Warning. DOS attack. Internal subsystems are overloading, reported his unit. Saul's subsystems were flooded with data. Messages appeared on his head-up display by the billions and backed up his processors. His video sensors froze, and the room where Walt was turned to a random set of coloured blocks. Shoot everything down now and do fast reboot, ordered Saul. The unit did so. As it did, his arm dropped into a standby position. His unit quickly rebooted, blocking off the attack. When Saul's unit came back, he heard Walt's voice. Now, Saul! Now! Saul immediately regained control of his unit. With one hand, he cut the power cable which Walt had used to activate the memory form. With his other free hand, he slammed it against the button. A pulse of energy spread around the room and passed through Walt's body. A shield simultaneously formed around Salt's position, blocking off the energy pulse. Walt shook like he was having a seizure and then collapsed onto the ground. The memory form also dropped to the ground and lay there lifelessly beside him. It's once fluid metal structure looking like cracked glass now. Smoke rose from the destroyed CityNet server. The air smelled of ozone. Saul left the safety area and leaned over Walt who appeared unconscious. However, his eyes suddenly darted open and he was on his feet again. He grabbed Saul by the suit and pushed him against the wall. What do you not understand about the word now, Saul? When I say now, I mean now. I don't mean tomorrow, or next month, or even next year. I don't mean take your time, or whenever you're ready, pal. I mean now, Saul. Saul raised his eyes. Look, I was hacked by another android while you were dealing with the memory form. It tried to stop me from helping you. I discovered a feat between this memory form and the android, and then it hacked me. That's what delayed me. Last I saw, the android was in Spyro's office, down in the lobby, and it was up to no good. Well, why didn't you say that? replied Walt, releasing Saul. He straightened himself up. Saul shook his head. You didn't exactly give me a chance. Walt just pushed his hand against Saul's head and muttered, Potato chips! Your priority was to watch my back, not play with some video feed like some bored kid. And give me that memory form. It's evidence of the attack. All that was left was the spherical core now of the memory form. The rest of its form was crystalline and fell away onto the ground. It's harmless now. Move it! demanded Walt. They left the server room and headed down the lobby once more. As they ran along the hallway, a few people had left their rooms and were chatting about the fact that their CityNet feeds had suddenly and unexpectedly been dropped. Out of the way! shouted Walt as he ran. Official CityNet business! The elevator doors closed and it descended. So, have we proof of an attack now? asked Saul. Walt nodded. So how'd they do it? When some customers sign into CityNet, unknowingly, they are signing into the Android in the middle. The Android uses an Echo server and moves around CityNet in the exact manner as the customer. But the target is really inside rooms created by the Ansible 3. 
CityNet sees someone log on, but it's the android in the middle who has been signed in, and is a proxy acting as the target. The android has detailed maps of the locations that the target visits, which have been scattered out at an earlier time. Such as my club, said Sol. Walt nodded. They make a perfect copy. That's the key to the success. The target thinks they're inside CityNet, but they're not. So there's a bug in CityNet then, replied Sol. How'd you make that out, replied Walt. Carter Cushion's conversations ended up in the official CityNet logs. Carter didn't have those conversations with Tiffany and my club. They had a conversation inside the Ansible 3, so that's a bug. It can only happen if you get a memory form into the CityNet server. To get the memory form into the CityNet server room undetected, the hackers had to create an explosion, which severed the power lines inside the hotel. When the power was down, they installed a memory form in the server room, which is normally totally secure, and created pinhole comms channels in the walls of the room to the Ansible 3 waiting nearby on that floor. When the memory form transforms, it directly attaches itself to the onboard comms links for CityNet. The memory form acts as a comms bridge to the remote android, redirecting the target's traffic to it. In this case, it was Carter Cushing's CityNet session. They also needed an android willing to participate in a crime, as well as some hot young thing willing to seduce and then take down the mark. As well as that, they also had to force a hotel manager to work with them. So, I guess I'll let quality control know the steps how to reproduce your bug. He gave Saul an incredulous look. But Saul was still steamed. Yeah, and I had to find a CityNet employee who would give me the details of the case, which I wasn't allowed to see. Then I had to travel to Earth to find the guy whose life had been ruined by CityNet and convince him to tell me the details he was afraid to divulge because he was going to lose everything he owned. My Ansible 3 had its power source torn out by a smart-ass tech who could not have given a damn, and I had to face questioning on Earth to determine if I was an enemy of the planet. Plus, you nearly got your brain popped by memory form, and now we're looking for an android that could well be crazier than you. So I think you should lock that book in my opinion. Might save everyone a lot of work in the future. Saul shook his head. Customer service my ass, griped Saul. He gave Walt his trademark look. Hmm, replied Walt thoughtfully. I'm not sure what you're complaining about, really. You seem to have had quite an adventure. Saul nodded. That's one word for it. I have a couple of others. Walt pulled out a case from his inside pocket and used a coated touch on it. It transformed into a handgun. What do you need to carry a weapon like that for? Asked Saul. Oh, in case I run into a disgruntled customer or an angry former employee. Maybe someone I'd be fair and square in chess once. Maybe someone who thinks they're smarter than me and is a little crazy. He gave Saul a look, but Saul just shook his head. Walt put on a set of wraparound glasses next. What do you need them for? They're my hunting glasses, replied Walt. Built-in head-up display helps me track moving targets. Handy for tracking the crazies. Huh, you're a regular action hero, replied Sal sarcastically. Walt stood on Sal's foot. Ow, what'd you do that for? asked Sal. I don't appreciate your sense of humor, 
said Walt. Well, then just don't laugh. It's easy. Saul raised his eyes. My father once told me to measure the character of a person, stand on their foot, and watch the reaction, replied Walt. Saul smiled wryly. Now we're getting places. You think I'm a person now? I didn't say that. I knew exactly how you'd react, based on your programming. Saul shook his head. So why'd you do it then? To amuse myself, Walt smiled. I know you too. Let me tell you what I think you, snapped Saul. But the elevator doors opened. Save it for later, smiled Walt. The lobby was busy, and a queue of new tourists stood at the desk, ringing the front desk bell, with no response. Saul and Walt pushed past them and walked behind the desk. Can we have some service here, please? demanded a narrate customer. She wiped her sweaty brow, shaking her head at the poor service. Behind the half-open teak door lay Spyro's office. Saul was about to walk in, but Walt put his hand in front of Saul and stayed him. Don't move, insisted Walt. What? Look down. Saul did so. Tripwire, commented Walt. The entrance has been booby-trapped. How'd you know that was there? asked Saul. It's what I'd do if I was going to cover my tracks. Walt kneeled down, looking at the device attached to the wall and the tripwire emanating from it. Hmm, he gestured. Military surplus from the war. Colonial. TK-12 anti-personnel device. Ball bearings mounted on a bed of high explosives. And some phosphorus, for good measure. Walt reached round and disabled the device, and then rolled back the tripwire. They entered the small office, and Walt spun the immobile spiral around in his seat. Blood dripped from the chair onto the expensive carpet. Spyro's lifeless body was frozen in a deathly pose. A neat, almost surgical incision had been made across his neck, stretching from one ear to the other. His tidy, corporate suit was drenched in his own blood. A room service bill had been stapled to his forehead, with the handwritten words, Really enjoyed our time here! Exclamation mark. DS and MS. Two sharp pencils had been driven through the palm of his hands and into the handrests of the chair. Another desk clerk lay dead on the floor. Her neck had been snapped and her head had been turned back to front on her body. We need to call the cops now, said Saul. Already tried it on my mobile. Signal is being jammed. Whoever they are, they're organized. He picked up the phone, trying the hard line. Service is unavailable, said a computer-generated voice. Looks like they've cut the landlines too. So now what? asked Saul. We need to do some good old-fashioned detective work. Get out here. Saul followed Walt out of the office. Get up there, he pointed at the check-in desk. Walt pointed at the marble desk where people were queuing and rapidly losing patience. The lady at the front desk looked surprised as the Ansible Three, which was ignoring her pleas for help, suddenly jumped up onto the desk in front of her its shiny black shoes barely missing her fingers. Oh my! she exclaimed, thinking this was definitely going into her travel review of the hotel. Staff are not only rude, but also jump up on the counters. I do not recommend. 
Find me that android, barked Walt. It can't have gone far. I'm on it, replied Saul, and he began scanning the room. The lobby was full of people. Some were coming back from trips. Others had just arrived from coaches. Some kids were running around. It was a show about to start in the East Wing. And then Salt spotted it. There was an android, dressed in a black and white uniform. It was pushing a trolley of towels and toiletries and heading for the exit. Saul recalled it was like the android which had been on the floor when they had entered Carter Cushing's room. Saul zoomed in on the sleeves of the uniform, magnifying the white cloth, and saw what looked like red spatters of blood on its sleeves. I got it, said Saul. Where? asked Walt. At one o'clock, heading for the exit. Walt suddenly shouted out, Stop that android! He pointed at the servo droid. Walt had pulled out a city net identity and displayed it to the security in the lobby. There has been a homicide. Do not let that android leave. It is a material witness to a crime. No one gets in or out until the police arrive. The security recognized Walt and surrounded the android, pulling out their tasers and guns, but keeping a safe distance from it. Ordinary customers pulled back, looking shocked and scared by what they were witnessing, but could not help rubbernecking. The android looked shocked and pointed to itself. Who? Me? It inquired innocently. Walt pointed his weapon at the android. The android looked at Saul and Walt, and then paused for a moment, as if it was thinking about something. Your move, said Walt, his narrowing eyes laser-focused on the android. Don't, 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 don't,